Hey, podcast family. Welcome to another episode of Motherhood in Black and White. I'm Kanji. I'm Tara. And we are coming to you this week with an answer, we hope, to a question that's been on all of our minds, how we talk to our kids about what's going on in our country and the election cycle. Would you shut your, up, man? Listen, in, in, China ate your lunch, Joe. You're the, the worst way, you president America has ever had. Hey, hey, Come Joe, on. Me... I'm not here to call out his lies. Everybody knows he's a liar. Oh, oh. I'm speaking. Well, <laughs> I'm speaking. The important is you said the truth. I'm speaking. If you don't mind letting me finish, we can Please. then have a conversation, okay? Please. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and this week, Tara, you had an experience with sending your son back to school after seven months, right? That's right. He went back to face-to-face learning this week. And so there's been an adjustment going on in a lot of our lives, um, what's going on with the news cycle and elections Mm -hmm. and face-to-face learning versus virtual learning and remote learning. How has the adjustment been in your household sending him back? Uh, Going back to -to face-to-face has been, it's been good so far. I dropped him off that morning. And then when I picked him up that afternoon, he did seem pretty happy. Like he was like, I had a really good day. I got all my work done. He and I had been running really hot with each other for the last couple of weeks. So it was right on time. (laughs) And um, he really enjoyed it. He seems really good with it. So I still have some anxiety about it. It still makes me really nervous. But I just, you know, one day at a time will be better. <laughs> we take it one day at a time yeah. and we keep hashtag doing, doing the, the best, best we can. can. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and with Gage going into fourth grade, mm-hmm. you know that you were entering this new cycle, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So kind of gone are the kiddo days now yes. that he's like a young man. He's tall for his age. He's a big kid. <laughs> he is a big kid. And I don't know. I, I don't know if it's because he's eaten way more during the pandemic. I mean, it's not that he's gotten heavy that way, but it just seems like this year specifically his 10th year he's changed well that's because he's approaching puberty yeah yes and so this year and next year at school he's going to be having the talk and you and your husband are going to have to have that puberty talk yeah. with him right yeah, yeah yeah and i can't really think of anything worse than having the puberty talk with a child <laughs> <laughs> have you guys not approached the topic at all yet oh we did oh you did yes okay. we have and <laughs> i have made it sound so terrible right. that Roman is disinterested in everything because I've approached it from the clinical perspective. Yeah. It's like, these are the clinical terms for everything that's going on with your body. Right. And he said, well, mommy, how? Do, where do babies come from? Uh-huh. I said, well, we have to start at the very beginning. <laughs> We're going to give all the way. <laughs> We're going to give all of the details. <laughs> that's right. But what we say to him when we have the conversations, and I don't use baby words. They say, these are what the clinical words are Same. for these body parts, and this is what's going on, and it's a normal biological function. Mm. And his eyes start to roll over the back right. of his head. But I also preface it and say, these are conversations between daddy and you and me. Yes. You know, you do not have these conversations with your friends because that's a conversation for them to have with their parents. Right. right? So I'll tell you a funny story on that topic. We have had some of those conversations already. And the way that it came up is that we were driving to basketball practice and Nellie's It's Getting Hot in Here was on. And Gage goes, 
I know what that song is about. <laughs> and I was like, what's that song about? And he said, you know, S-E-X. And I said, what do you know? <laughs> like, we had this whole conversation. I mean, it's interesting what they're already talking about. And it's also interesting your taste of music around your I child. I mean, if, if there's going to be a segue, it's going to be my music choice. <laughs> He's going to use Nelly. segue. Nelly is the third parent. That's but, right. Mm-hmm. Um, so with Roman, he started getting on this kick last summer where he said that's what she said oh. that's what she said mm-hmm. and he would elicit laughter when he said it and uh-huh. didn't understand why, why it was funny yeah right and one time we were at a friend's house at a barbecue and cool and the gang's get down on it came on <laughs> and yeah. get, get down on it uh-huh. and in between without missing a beat roman said that's, That's what, what she said. Oh. And every adult in the house started laughing. Yeah. And he doesn't know why yeah. it's funny. He still doesn't know why it's funny. Attention. Yes, he got the Exactly. That's how kids <laughs> right. are. So sometimes they don't know what they don't know. And what they know, they learn from us. Mm. Right. Yeah. So talking to kids about their bodies and biological changes, lot. it's a lot. But what's even worse and what's even more is talking to our kids about what's going on with politics right now in yeah. our country because we are just so divided. It's uncomfortable. We're, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. And so to navigate the conversation about how we talk to our kids about politics and the election cycle, yeah. let's bring a guest into this conversation who is actually qualified to talk about this area. (laughs) Yeah, I I realized after Gage had been home for so long that I really relied on school to have those conversations a lot. So I'm excited to have our guest on today. Um, Today we have Jenny Gomez on. She's a licensed professional counselor and she specialized in teens and children for several years. And now she's a mental health consultant for a law firm. Fantastic. Jenny, this is Kanji. Welcome to the conversation. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for your willingness to come on and to share your insights with us. Is it safe to say that this is probably an area where parents struggle a lot with talking to their kids is about what's going on with the politics right now? Yes, I think that is a very fair assumption. Yeah, there's a lot of I mean, there's a whole lot outside of just the politics. I think news cycles and specifically 2020's got Uh, plenty of information to share. And I know Kanji and I've talked about this in the past with my son. I'm not always great about bringing it to him. I kind of wait for him to come to me. And do you think that's something parents struggle with? Like how much to lay at their kids' feet? Yeah, I do. I think that's a a good point. I think that there are some topics that as parents, we don't feel very equipped or comfortable talking about. And so we kind of dodge that conversation and think, well, if they're not bringing it up, then I'm not going to either. The other reason for that is there's some topics that parents, all of us are unsure, like, should I open this can of worms? Like, should I introduce a topic that perhaps they're not worried about? So do I need to create an issue for them if there isn't one already? Yeah. And so for, I think for those couple of reasons, parents do kind of struggle with when should I initiate a conversation about a topic if my kiddo hasn't brought it up themselves and, and how, do, how do I do that? And then if they do bring up the topic on their own, you know, how do I respond? Yeah. So let's maybe break that down a little bit. If a kid has not brought up this topic, what would you suggest parents say to their kids? And and maybe we break it down even further and talk about kids by age group. Is that something that you would suggest that there are different conversations that one has with younger kids versus middle school age versus high school age kids? Completely. I do. I do think it's very different. I think the decision as, uh, you know, as to whether or not to discuss and have these discussions with your kids is age 
sensitive and developmentally sensitive, and then how you go about having those conversations and the words you use and how you approach it is definitely um, a developmental issue. And so if a kid hasn't talked to you about what's going on, what would you suggest that a parent says to these kids about, you know, know, they're seeing long lines around the block as we're driving them to school. Mm -hmm. They're hearing people in their classroom talk about their parents early voted yesterday or last week. What would you say if they haven't broached the conversation with you, what kind of advice would you give to parents to bring the conversation to the table? I'm a big fan of looking for, when it's available, looking for teachable moments and looking for authentic opportunities to share that are are real time with our kids. So, you know, if we're driving in the car and see a line around a fire station and a bunch of people standing outside with signs, that would be a very real time, you know, perfect opportunity to, to say, hey, look at all those people. Do you know what they're doing? Do you know what that's all about? And and to be able to use that teachable moment in, in a genuine way, it feels much more authentic than sitting at the dinner table and saying, did you know that early voting started? <laughs> um, right. <laughs> yeah. And I think that, you know, if we use that example, because the lines are so spectacularly long right now and very noticeable when you're driving by, a four-year-old or a five-year-old would see that and be like, why are all those people standing outside? What are they doing? Whereas a 15-year-old, I'm relatively certain would, would, would know what that was about. Right. And the conversation would be different. Um, but still, I think looking for those opportunities, it resonates more with kids because kids are very much in the here and now. And so it's easier for them to connect to that topic and have a, a meaningful conversation that implants in their memory when they can connect something that they're experiencing live as well as the dialogue about it. So when they're connecting the experience as they're experiencing it, what kind of tips would you give to parents about the type of conversation to have? Is it a conversation that has levity in it? Is it strictly factual? Do you let the kids lead it? What does that, what does the conversation actually sound like, Jenny? Well, I think it's, it kind of starts with knowing your child, right? And some kids are, um, very good in conversation. They can, you know, some kids are very abstract and can process, you know, kind of deep and and more mature concepts. Some kids are very um, more surface level. Some kids are responsive when parents ask a bunch of questions and engage in a conversation. Others do much better when it's initiated by them. And so I feel like you have to take the lead from your kiddo. And, you know, if you feel compelled to have a conversation and you're driving by to use our example, the fire station with a lot, you know, a long line around it. If you have a child who typically engages in long conversations, then I think you can kind of be like, wow, check that out. Look at all those people. How cool. Um, And then let them have a chance to respond. I think, and if they're in a good place and they start responding, then you respond too. I think that I will always say that if you're looking for a conversation, that's going to be meaningful and productive with a kid listening and letting them have a chance to respond and feel empowered in the conversation will get you a whole lot farther than the, you know, Charlie Brown teacher lecture, you know, wah, 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 wah thing. Um, Cause they just shut down and they tune out. And so to give open into conversational questions and kind of present things about like, wow, I have never seen that many people out to vote before, especially not on election day itself. And wow, what do you think about that? And just be quiet and let them talk. Because as parents, we tend to try to impart all of our wisdom 
And in that we drown out their voice. Mm. And at a certain point, pretty early on in a conversation like that, they shut down. They're not going to be listening to you. They're zoned out. So if you want them to listen, if you want to have a meaningful connection, which I think is what we're all looking for, yeah. that's an important part of it is taking their lead, watching their nonverbals and their body cues. If they, if they visually look like they are done and checked out, table it. Don't continue to try to shove it down their throat. Oh, that's such good advice. That's very good advice. Yeah. Well, what happens if your kid's voice is different than your own? Oh, that's a good question. That's a good question. <laughs> Sometimes I, I think that what I have I've heard from people with older children is that maybe the the leanings of their children may not be those that they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what I say often is I try to share with Roman, my eleven year old, my I try to share with Roman information without sharing my perspective. Right. So it doesn't cloud his perspective on things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we do have a whole generation of kids that may have a different voice than their parents in terms of politics. What advice would you give to parents who may encounter that situation? Yeah. I think that you are so wise to handle it the way you have. And I think that you are the exception <laughs> on that. <laughs> Because I think that most kids, in my experience, both personally and professionally, adopt the belief systems of their parents Mm. um, until they're at an age to start individuating from their parents, which is when you start seeing teenagers becoming ready to separate, you know, kind of go to college and forge their own path. And, And that's an age where we really do start to question developmentally, do I believe what I believe because it's what my parents have always said it's what we believe and what I should believe? Or do I believe what I believe because I believe it? Right. Mm. And if and if something has changed and shifted, that's usually when you see kids start to really reevaluate that and make changes. And so I think historically that that has typically happened in senior year in high school and above. Mm-hmm. I think because of social media and the exposure our kids have to information. Yeah. Um, I also think that given how publicized, how polarized, how talked about politics are right now. Mm-hmm. Kids are talking about it more amongst each other. Yes. Right. And most kids I'm aware of are are adopting what their parents say. I have had a couple kids um, that I'm aware of who have kind of made their own decisions and and do have a differing opinion from their parents, which I think is pretty unique and pretty cool for that kid just to be able to say how they feel. And I also think it's a reflection on their parents that their parents have are able to hold space that my child and I can have a difference of opinion on this and that that's okay. But I think as a parent, you have to take a step back and go, okay, well, what is my big picture goal here? As a parent, we want our kids to be healthy and well-adjusted and be intentional about making good decisions and thinking through things. And if, if the place that they're at currently doesn't match up with your political beliefs, I challenge parents to be able to take a breath. (laughs) It's not the end of the world and it's going to be okay. And that, and also to realize that with, especially with adolescents, they are the best at engaging in power struggles. Yes. Contrarian. Yeah. If your ultimate goal is for your kid to be on the same page as you are, if that's your goal, getting into a power struggle with them during adolescent years is only going to self-sabotage your goal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they'll oh, just Jenny. dig in harder. <laughs> Jenny, we probably should not say this with both Tara and I on the verge of having adolescent yeah, kids. Scary. Yeah, scaring us off. <laughs> Don't scare us. But what you just shared with us, and we, we touched on this a little bit earlier, we have this playing out in the media with a kid who's on TikTok 
who is is very publicly asserting her independent viewpoint from her mother, Kellyanne Conway, even also from her father. Yeah. Mm hmm. And we see this, and I think a lot of what you said just resonated with me now because she's an adolescent, and that's a lot of this power struggle. She's doing it publicly. She's asserting her own beliefs, and some of what should be happening behind closed doors is not. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, is there some advice that you can have with parents? And, and before you joined us this evening, I shared with, with Tara that when I had the conversation about uh, you know boys' bodies with my son, I make sure that we say, this is a conversation we keep behind closed doors in our house. Like it's not your place to tell any of your friends what we discuss here. That's for them and their parents to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, How can we keep these conversations offline or in our homes? Or would you even suggest we do that? I highly suggest that we do that. Um, And again, uh, there's, there's several reasons why, but one of the reasons is that this election season, and I think this season that we're in right now, 2020 and all the glory is that everybody's so dug in, right? Right. And people are very passionate and some very aggressive about their beliefs. And so it kind of goes back to the old adage of you're most likely not going to change my mind and I'm most likely not going to change your mind. Yeah. And so getting into a aggressive or heated or potentially escalated to an ugly conversation is ultimately not going to be good for our relationship and not really productive. Every now and then, there's an opportunity, I think, to connect with somebody and really ask helpful, interested, you know, I really want to understand your beliefs and why you believe and how you can, um, how do you see these things fitting together? And I think that I'm I'm thrilled when I see that happen. I saw it on my cousin's feed the other day and I had to go back and read it like three times. Like, did that really happen? Like <laughs> the way that went down was so healthy and appropriate. Yeah. I never see that. And so I think that when you have conversations about politics or some of the very strongly held belief systems that are being discussed a lot right now, people feel very passionately about it. Kids overhear it or they're part of the conversation directly yeah, and then they regurgitate it, but they do not have the developmental construct to be able to handle what may come their way when they put it out there. And they also may not put it out there with much grace because they heard a passionate conversation happening at with two like-minded parents probably at the house and then they go to school and share it with that much passion to a crowd of people they may not have a shared belief system with. And so it may come back at them. There may be significant backlash. Mm -hmm. That's one reason I think it's just not helpful. And the other thing is most adults, the vast majority of adults really don't understand the complexities of a lot of the political issues on the table. Obviously there's ones that we do understand that are much more clear cut I don't know that most adults can explain the electoral college and how the electorates are chosen and how the numbers are picked and why the census matters for that and how all of those things tie together and the branches of government and how you pass a law. And so when you have kids throwing out these big things that they don't understand, then it gets sideways and ugly and hurtful and can hurt relationships. And then you have these kids that have just thrown out a bunch of political statements at each other. And then they all just sit there like, I don't really know what to do with that because I don't even understand what I just said myself. It's just not helpful. Now I would say if it's a 17 year old, right, 16 year old, then I think you help them address that differently. Um, but I think the important thing is to tell kids, look, the beauty of our country is that we get to have our own opinions and 
right or wrong, good or bad, however we want to see them. We're, we're entitled to our own opinion about that, but so are the other people that don't share our opinion. And getting into a heated debate isn't going to be productive. And so, you know, I, I try to use the, the filter of how is this helpful Mm. when I'm having a hard time making a decision, like, okay, how is this going to be helpful? And I'm, if I'm having a knee jerk reaction and want to go do something like, okay, stop, is this helpful? Like, how is this going to be helpful? How does this play out? And I think that's a good thing to work with kids on because kids tend to be impulsive of, okay, your friend just made a comment that hurt your feelings or made you upset or questioned your belief. And you're going to knee jerk react back with another statement, pause before you do that. And think to yourself, is what I want to say right now, going to play out in a helpful way? How is this going to be helpful? And if it's not, then then stop, you know? Yeah, 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 <laughs> definitely. Jenny, that advice about prefacing some of your statements or actions with how is this helpful? Or how will this be helpful? That's relevant for pretty much most conversations. And I think a lot yeah. of my Facebook friends probably should we get all that. try that filter <laughs> and for sure. Not just for kids and parenting with kids, but even when mm-hmm. our conversations with our spouses. Yeah. We look at them mm-hmm. and say, how is what we're doing helpful? <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> to the it, situation. And while you were talking about that, you know, answering the question about should we tell kids, you know, these conversations are for home. And I can say I, I was curious about that because I think as and maybe this just could be my background and it's not being raised by wolves or whatever, but there is something to be said about if somebody asks your opinion you're free to share how you believe, but not necessarily that you need to tell everybody else how you believe if they didn't ask. You know what I mean? I, I feel like uh, there were messages like that when I was a kid and and I was mm-hmm. quiet for too long. Like I never came out of that where I mm-hmm. started to share, you know, things I thought or the way I felt. And so I was thinking about that when you were talking, like how I would translate that more moderately you know, with my son. And he, you know, he and his friends talk. I remember the 2016 election. He was six and he came home all the time talking about the election Mm -hmm. they were talking Mm -hmm. about it so it was really interesting and then this year he's been home so he's not been talking about it because there's nobody to Mm -hmm. talk to (laughs) right we've been busy on the tv and the screens (laughs) so anyway right but i i i appreciated your perspective on that and and i think you're right i think we have to kind of teach a moderate approach how is this helpful? Was I asked? Is this the conversation? Is it relevant? You know, you don't just walk around spouting rhetoric for no reason. <laughs> right. And we've had to teach our kids that you have to kind of know your audience because right. at the end of the day, I want them to be able to speak their truth. Yeah. But safe. I want it to be done and helpful. Yeah. I feel like I have to protect them yes. because yes. In the last election, um, there was a lot of talk about it in my kids' schools. And I had a fifth grader who um, was horribly anxious and devastated because she thought that my husband's Hispanic, born in Dallas, Texas, but (laughs) he's Hispanic, um, that he was going to get deported and sent over to the other side of a wall, right? Mm. Because the kids at school had told her that. Yes. Build that wall. Build that wall. Build that wall. And she was horribly anxious and scared. And we had to do a lot of damage control on that, obviously. But I had a kid in tears and really, really worried because of things that 11-year-olds had said. Right. Right. And so I tend to be protective, right? Number one of my whole world, what's my biggest job is being mama bear and protecting my kids. And so I want them to speak their truth. But I want them, one of the things we talk about is, you know, I'm not going to convince somebody else 
politically that they're wrong or that I'm right. So I tend to only really talk about my political beliefs when I know I'm in like-minded company because I don't really want to get into an argument that's not going to end well and hurt a relationship probably. All that to be said, that to me, that's different than if I see somebody being hurt and somebody's being ugly and bullying or wrong or bad, like I do teach them to step up to that, right? you know, and you need to call that out and, and protect others. But we've had to kind of coach our kids on if somebody directly is asking you, and my experience is that adolescents are asking to kind of provoke and instigate. Right. When they, when they ask those questions and we've role played ways to kind of nod and smile and be like, Oh, that's, you know, I'm not voting this year. So my mom and dad are in charge of that. And we've had to kind of role play that because we've had conversations go very poorly in the past. And so I get that, but I do want them to learn when is it important to stand up this parenting job? This is hard. (laughs) So hard. There's a lot. And the thing about adolescence is the older they get, my mom always said this, the older they get, the more gray area you have. I get that. And when they're little, it's very black and white in terms of like, we don't jump on the couch. Yes or no. We don't feed them ice cream for breakfast. Yes (laughs) yes or no. Yeah, it's very clear. (laughs) And then the older they get, you're like, uh, I don't really know what the right answer is here. Right. If they're making this face, it's okay. But if they look at you this way, it's not okay. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's definitely tricky. Well, you are very fortunate to have your background. And so you can always use your psychological expertise (laughs) with your daughters. And you mentioned, I want to take it back to your personal motherhood journey and experience. So you do have two little girls. They are in sixth and eighth grade, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. So share with me a little bit about some of the things that your girls are interested in and some of the joys that you've experienced in 2020, just so we get to know you a little bit more. Well, I love talking about my kids. So they are... Like you said, eighth and sixth grade, they both um, are dancers and spend a lot of time at the studio, which has been really important part of their world to have, you know, other healthy role models and exercise and a purpose and being part of a team. And they have dear friends and their dance director is like a second mom. And it's been a really, it takes up a lot of time, but it's been a really good thing for them. They're very social. And so just having to juggle, I feel like our current struggles are juggling the activities and the social life Mm -hmm. with, oh yeah, by the way, you have to do well in school and we have to work hard at school. Mm. And both of them would, they want to do well in school and they work hard, but they also really like to do all those other things too. And so we're, I feel like we're struggling with what everybody's struggling with right now is, you know, how do I manage my husband and I's careers and our kids and their stuff and all the modifications that have come along with COVID that have made it more challenging and we're resilient. We're all getting through it, but they are, they're at a fun age, thankfully, and we are surviving the adolescent years with girls so far. (laughs) And now Jenny, one of the things we talked about earlier was trying to make sure that we are aware and cognizant of the fact that our political beliefs, we don't necessarily um, pass those on to our kids Mm -hmm. because they're framing and shaping their own identities. Mm -hmm. But one thing that I know that you have done is that you have framed and shaped a little bit about your daughter's musical taste. Because right before we met, (laughs) you were taking your daughter to a Journey cover band concert. Isn't that right? For her birthday (laughs) celebration? Yes. Nice. And I, I raise up a child. I happily, <laughs> yeah, I happily influenced like 25 other kids too. And I was really proud of myself. <laughs> nice. for that. So, yes. um, you know, as the 40 yeah. something mom crew, we're like, good for That's you. That's the right move. We have to teach all of our kids about Steve Perry and Journey because they were amazing. Yes, 100%. 100%. And I was listening to y'all's podcast the other day and was thinking about Snoop and <laughs> totally how my kids know like 90s rappers because that's what's on my like 
playlist. Right. And, you know, so yeah, when we have to train them well, I mean, it's important. And it's important when you are struggling with an area that you personally don't feel that you have knowledge is to rely on the professionals. Like that's, right. that's why Tara and I mm-hmm. wanted you to join the conversation and join our family, because this is a space where we're having these conversations. Our friends are having these conversations and we know that, that you're having the conversation. So listen to licensed therapists and licensed counselors who are in this space and please get their opinion before you're tackling the tough stuff. We're not doing this alone, right? No, we're all in this together. And I think all of us, even therapists ourselves, when it's our own kids, there are moments that I'm at a loss and um, call a friend who's a therapist, <laughs> phone a friend and <laughs> say, where am I missing? What am I not seeing here? Because it's when it's so your own kid, it's hard to see the forest through the trees. And right. it's really easy for me to usually help other people's kids. But with my own, sometimes I have to kind of take a step back yeah, I mean, we're all in this together and we all ultimately are our moms first and want to support our kiddos and support each other. And so, you know, I always encourage parents that if they're having a, a tough time, don't feel judged. Like, don't be afraid to ask for help. It's hard. Being a good parent is really hard and being a good parent should be hard. I mean, it means you're really working hard at it to to do a good job. And And I think it's also, yes, reach out to professionals. If you ever feel like you need help and guidance or your kiddo is struggling, um, listen to your gut, you know, don't wait too long. I think it's always a good idea to have that connection. But I also think if if it hasn't quite reached that point and you're just kind of having some stressors, I think it's very validating to other moms to reach out and be like, oh my gosh, this morning was horrific. Yeah, I'm, you know, because it's, I think sometimes parents think that, well, it's just me that's having a hard time. And it's not, (laughs) Right, it's not at all. And so I think it's just really um, an opportunity to validate others and connect and get, you know, support from other moms and parents and then, and know when it's time, you know, to to ask for help and, and take it to the next level. And there's, you know, thankfully, lots of clinicians who can, you know, can be helpful with parenting and kiddo and teen struggles. Yeah. And so make sure that you stay connected to your network Mm -hmm. and make sure you surround yourself with other moms who are just doing the best we can. can. Yeah. So before we wrap up this episode, Jenny, a couple of questions for you. We talked about the Journey Tribute Band. What is your favorite (laughs) Journey song of all time? I'll I'll tell you a funny story. Um, So it's, um, I would say that it's so I... I, I was a dancer in high school as well. And my senior solo, I danced to Journey and I danced to the song, So I Turn to You. <laughs> open arms. Um, open but it's arms. actually, yeah, open arms. But it's actually, So I Come to You with Open Arms. But I was so proud and it went on for a good year before anybody corrected me. And I would always brag of that I had choreographed my solo to include a turn where he, <laughs> he says, So I, turn he says, So I come to you, but I thought it was so I turned to you. And I was so proud of myself that I built this turn in there. So every time that song comes on, I just, I, I go back and it That's makes hilarious. me laugh really hard. Oh. So yeah. Open arms. Yep. Open arms. That's my favorite journey song. Yeah. And I'll just make up whatever lyrics you want to. That's fine. <laughs> I'm the queen of that. Oh, my family makes fun of me really bad of all the things I've made up. And they're pretty funny. I don't know. That's I can't funny. wait to hear some of them. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. And as we as we move forward, a couple of weeks left until the general election day. So we're going to be in this space for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you had any advice to, to, to offer to any parents and, and someone listening, what is the one thing that you would like them to take away from our conversation today? Just to protect your kiddos, realize how old they are, even even 15 year olds, they're not little adults and they can only process what they're developmentally capable of and protect them, protect them from themselves, protect them from too much data input that they can't process. 
Um, we should allow them to be kids while we're also helping them to grow. And just remember that as, as escalated as things feel right now, first and foremost, we're parents and we have to put that first. Yeah, yeah. That is so, so insightful. Yeah. And with that, wanted to say thank you for sharing your time. Thank you for sharing the advice and thank you for sharing space with us today. We appreciate you and hope to have you back because goodness knows Tara and I need as much advice yeah, as we I'm can get. Yeah, I'm so excited. We now have a licensed professional counselor on the line. <laughs> on speed dial. Yeah, you be, re- you be ready, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> Often and frequently we call I'm, I'm ready and waiting. <laughs> oh, thank it you. It was a pleasure. Was I a appreciate pleasure. the invitation. No, thank you so much for taking the time. Take good care. We'll talk to you soon, Jenny. All right, y'all too. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Jenny was awesome. And uh, what was funny is her last little bit of advice about remembering you're a parent first. You know, we've heard that before. That was one of the things that our homeschool podcast guest told us about. Remember, you're the parent first. Yes. And uh, as soon as she said it, I was like, that has been my mantra for a few weeks now. Like, I've really been keeping my eye on I'm his mom first. You right. Know? That's the refrain. And it's like, we have to make sure that we do no harm. Right. right. And when Jenny said, we teach our kids before they act, before they speak. And this is something that we ourselves should do is just remind ourselves and say, is this helpful? Is this helpful? Will this be helpful in right. either advancing a conversation or um, getting to a goal? And it's something that I need to be mindful of when I am looking at my cousin's <laughs> wife's social boss media. social media feed before <laughs> I decide to post yeah. a comment. I need to stop and say, would this be helpful if I post a comment right here? And most likely it wouldn't be. So that's what you got to keep on scrolling. Yeah. When she was talking about, I do rely on that a lot. Uh, when we were talking earlier about that whole discussion about having kids out in the world and, and what they share and what they don't share. And I run that filter quite a bit. I mean, as she said, you, you're not going to change someone's mind. You're probably not going to convince them they're right, that you're right. So, you know, is what you're going to share actually helpful or is it really just trying to force an agenda, right? Right, yeah. right. So very good points. And as we said to Jenny, we have a couple of weeks left in this election we cycle, do. right? Mm-hmm. And it's likely that there's going to be a lot of rhetoric. There's going to be a lot of conversations that are being held around our kids. Yeah. And the best course of action is just to let them take the lead, but also not to ignore what's going on. Right, right. To you know, speak up when we're seeing something and let them kind of come to us and be a safe place for them to work that stuff out. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So that's what I'm going to take away from this conversation. And I'm just going to continue to hope that we find a way of healing our country because the divide, it's growing every single day and it's it just is. not helpful. It, it's not, you know, and it, voting season just turned the volume up so high. Yeah. Well, in this year. Oh, definitely. This year by itself. <laughs> every 2020 high volume. <laughs> It's just like the way you keep the volume in your car. That's right. That's <laughs> 20, right. 2020. What is it about 2020? It's high, it's on high, high just volume. like the volume in Tara's car. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's okay. So before we uh, wrap up this episode and and head into another week, mm-hmm. let's go ahead and, and and change our mindset and let's think about going forward. What will your word for the week be going forward? My word for the week, and this is going to sound a little rough, but my word for the week is just going to be. Um, survival. I, uh, you know, I'm really anxious with Gage back in school, a little bit more anxious than I thought I'd be. And uh, I've got a lot going on at work. It's just a, it's going to be a bumpy week. And I know it's going to be a bumpy week. So I'm just going to 
Hashtag do the best I can and survive it. Are you going to have Destiny's Child on repeat? Probably. Probably. Nothing uh, wrong with nothing, that. Nothing helps survival more than some Beyonce beats, okay? <laughs> nothing gets me through a bad week more than Beyonce. How about you? What's your word? Um, my word for the week will be synchronicity. Oh, I like that yes. one. And not synchronicity, the police album. <laughs> so you like how I'm taking it back to like segways, segways, segways with the right. music thing. 70s rock. But <laughs> we know synchronicity means the uh, simultaneous occurrence of events, mm-hmm. which appear unrelated, mm-hmm. but actually do have some sort of a connection. Mm-hmm. And with what's been going on in 2020, there have just been a, so many events that have been going on in my life. Yeah. And I'm just learning how to be more aware and more acutely connected with people and things. And the synchronicity, it, it, it's, it's kind of overwhelming at times. The way things yeah. line up. Yeah, the way, the way things just line up. I get so that. kind of like the way that you came back into my life. That's and, right. And how we ended up here together on this show. It's just like a perfect fit. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Our producer probably wouldn't say so. No, 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 no. That's because you're his favorite. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> <laughs> but, but podcast family, we want to hear from you. Like, what is your word for the week going forward? Message us. Let us know and know that we will be rooting for you for success, survival, synchronicity, and always love going forward. So yeah, message us, we'll respond. And we'd love to hear from you. Yes. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us for another episode. Um, you can interact with the show and share with us your word for the week on IG at Black and White Momcast. Uh, you can listen to the podcast, uh, of course, on Apple and on Google. You can subscribe to us. And on Spotify, you can follow us. We're on Amazon's podcast platform. We love to see the reviews and we love to hear your feedback. So if you're enjoying the show, please hit the five stars for us. Please share with us what you're loving about it. Uh, we read every single one of them and we love them so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And before Tara and I go our separate ways, mm-hmm. journey song, you like that? <laughs> we just wanted to make sure that you know, we hope that you take good care. Bye-bye family. Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. <laughs>